Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Design and Style podcast. I am Dixie of Dixie Willard Design, also known as Designing Dixie, and this is my co-host. I'm Rachel Moriarty, and my design firm is called Rachel Moriarty Interiors. And Rachel is our style maven. She is on point at all times. <laughs> kind of jealous, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. So... This is a new podcast for us. We're super excited. It's, we're going to be covering um, all kinds of business topics for designers, design topics. Basically, it's a podcast for designers by designers. That's what we're calling it, for designers by designers. And the, the good thing, too, though, I think, is that it's not just designers. It can be anybody. It can be design enthusiasts. It can be somebody who's just thinking about making a career in design, somebody who's just started out, or just somebody, you know, who's down in the trenches right there beside us day to day. Absolutely. So I think first we should talk about um, how we met. Yes, let's tell this, um, this story, right. our, our love affair. We all cuddled <laughs> in for our little story here, you cozy little blankets. You have to have uh, either, if, so if you're listening to this in the morning, you have to have coffee because yep. uh, once you start following Dixie and I on social media, you'll notice that we are coffee drinkers to the extreme. I was going to say, yeah, coffee drinkers doesn't quite do it. Extraordinary. <laughs> and if it's the evening, I'm a red wine drinker and Dixie is a? Whiskey drinker. Whiskey. I love it. So what, I'm sorry, where were we? See, I already lost. Oh, that's okay. I know. So I know. how we met. Once yes. upon a time in a land far, far away, also <laughs> in Oklahoma, <laughs> a, an intrepid designer started following someone called Alicia Wicker. Although I think she was um, Iron and Magnolia at the time. But Alicia is a marketing strategist for designers, and she has this wonderful group of rebel designers who get together. They, she teaches us all kinds of marketing tricks, um, how to use social media, what we need to do to get our websites going. And when I joined the group, Rachel, you were already part of it. See, that's so funny. I, I don't even think we've ever talked about this. Like when, because I, I, I started with Alicia too, but before she was before the rebel designer group, she had mm -hmm. a, just a free uh, Facebook group called the D crew. Um, and that's, that's when I started, I was same thing. I was sort of, um, starting to side hustle as a designer. I was looking for a wolf pack. I was looking for people like me. Um, and what I had sort of had in my mind, um, I don't really fit the mold of this. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why I always, when I think of interior designers, and a lot of my clients think this too. They think of, um, they always tell me that, oh, I thought you'd be like snooty and have a headband. <laughs> you know what I mean? They have this idea. And I think I kind of had that idea too. So when I found this group of rebel designers, um, you had just cut your hair too. Yeah. Just a couple of months before I joined. Yes, yes. So I, I saw this girl with a cute uh, little accent and uh, another pixie. I always, I'm always, when another woman has a pixie, I don't know why. I'm always like, okay, like. I am too. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So that's where we met, right? And yeah. then it grew from there. We decided to have a Skype date. I remember that. Scandal. Yeah, actually, you know, before we had our first Skype date, Alicia had done some interviews with different designers about their businesses. And I saw yours before I did mine. I think yours was one of the first few that she did. Yeah. And I had the biggest designer crush. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I love her hair. She's oh so cute goodness. and stylish and she's got things going on. So how it was, funny. I forgot. It was the that. same thing. It was the pixie thing. I was like, oh, that Rachel. Yes. Pixie girls, pixie sisters, pixie dixie. So Rachel was actually, I moved from Oklahoma to Tennessee um, about a year ago. It was at the end of October in 2015. And it was a big deal because I knew that once I got here, I was going to be opening, officially opening my design firm. I've done other things in the past. I had some side hustles, but this was going to be my debut. And so it was big and exciting. And Rachel kind of was right there with me as I moved and, you know, heard me complain about all of the different things about moving. <laughs> and then once I got here, um, we had this cute little apartment and it was on the floor of that apartment, my computer on the coffee table, where Rachel and I had our first Skype date. Yeah. And it, it's so funny to, uh, and I'm going to put this out there for, because I'm sure we have other people that are in Facebook groups or, um, you know, maybe uh, somebody's in corporate and they're starting their side hustle or they're thinking about starting their side hustle and they're jumping into a designer group or something. My best advice to you is if there is somebody that you can vibe off of and you will know, I mean, you know the vibe of certain people by the way they post. Um, you, you just know, you just do. When you find that somebody, make a date with them. Like, I think that changed everything for us. Absolutely. It, I know it did for me. I don't even feel like we don't, like when I think about the, about the fact that we're like doing this venture together you, and we've never met in person, <laughs> you could have a stack of people like dead behind that. <laughs> I'll take care of them later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's really funny in this day and age, but I do, I do encourage if you, there are any designers out there when you find somebody that you're vibing with, make a date, make a date with that person, you know, have a cocktail hour, happy hour. Absolutely. It, it will, you know, you need to build relationships, especially if you are um, solo like we are and we spend a lot of time alone at home. So yes, yes, we do. Right. So that you're right. It's, this is perfect for me. Um, and I highly recommend it for any, anybody really, if you're by yourself all the time, you can really get deep into your head and forget about anything else. And none of the world will make sense anymore. Whereas if you have somebody you can bounce ideas off of, or somebody who can say, Oh my gosh, what are you thinking? No, you don't need to do that. You're, you're good. Do this instead. That to me, the interaction is just absolutely priceless. And it doesn't matter that we're on opposite sides of the country. Right. 
And when nobody else is engaging on my social media posts, I can always <laughs> count on Dixie for a like or a comment. Exactly. <laughs> and vice versa. You know. For those days where you're like, oh my gosh, everything I've put out is crap. <laughs> you have somebody to go, no, it's not. You just need to keep, keep trucking. That's all it is. It's just, you know, it takes a while. It does. I mean, there were times when I thought that nobody even knew I existed, you know, kind of changed a little bit now though. I believe it's changed a little bit. It's changed because of the, the daily, the daily action engagement and putting mm -hmm. yourself out there. Absolutely. So for those of you who don't know, which I can't imagine would be anybody listening to this podcast, Rachel is a Facebook video queen. <laughs> I apologize in advance. <laughs> if you want to know what you need to do to change your interaction on Facebook for your page, go to Rachel's page and watch her videos. She is there regularly. I'm, I'm better than I was. I'm, I really need to work on it. I'm not on a daily thing like Rachel is at this point, but Rachel, you just have this amazing ability on camera and you interact with people who aren't even, I mean, it's at least this way we get to see each other. For those of you listening to the podcast, we actually are on video together. If you're watching the video, you can see. And if you're listening on podcast, um, head over to our website. What's yes. the, is it design? De design and style dot club, not dot com dot club. Dot club. And we are actually going to be, so we're going, you can listen to our, the audio, mm -hmm. um, but you can also, a lot of people, Dixie Willard, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast app on her phone because she uses an Android and um, that's another one of our differences for the record you can listen to SoundCloud podcasts on your Android <laughs> I just don't I don't she listen to music doesn't. on my phone I use my phone as a camera and, and a phone a, a phone <laughs> imagine that I use mine for everything else um, so we, we thought we would put it out both ways because um, you can just, you know, I'm sure we're going to be adding YouTube mm -hmm. as well. So um, we're going to have different ways to consume our podcast. And I know that there are people out there like me who, if I'm listening to something and I don't, I'm not watching it, I tune out a little bit, which is why I, I love being able to actually see people and watch them. So just another layer, just in case you're weird like me. And if you're weird like me, just listen and multitask. <laughs> weird like us. Weird we like us. Weird. We hope you're weird like us, right? I mean, that's the purpose of, of doing this podcast. Um, Absolutely. Talk about your business a little bit and then we'll... Well, um, so my business, I do a lot of new build construction. So I start before hopefully before the architect has a chance. I love architects. I apologize in advance. Architects forget that people have furniture all the time. So I like to make sure that they haven't forgotten that you have furniture or that you need to hang your clothes up in a closet because I've seen that happen too. So from the very beginning, all of the nuts and bolts and nitty gritty stuff for a new build, that's where I like to get involved. And I will go all the way through um, 
I do the floor plans, the furniture plans, the space plans. I can do fabrics, you know, pull all of the upholsteries and stuff. Upholsteries? Is that a word? No. Upholsteries no. together. <laughs> I make up words all the time. If you don't like that, you just. You just can go ahead now. and just click off now. <laughs> so I get those upholstery, upholsteries. And then. For me, it's the, the point where I like to leave off. I don't like to be involved in the actual ordering of the furniture or placing of the furniture once it gets here. And like I've said before, I, I don't think I have today, but when it comes to bookcases, styling bookcases, no, I, I can, I can, but it's not my favorite thing to do. Hanging art is, oh my gosh, please don't ever ask me to pick art for you. That's not my thing. Rachel, on the other hand, <laughs> Rachel likes to do the things that I don't like to do. So that's the, that's sort of what we did this um, podcast for, because we want people to know that, um, designers look very different, whether you are somebody hiring a designer or you are thinking of becoming a designer, uh, Stand in your space, you know, and if you're hiring a designer, not all designers are created equal. So if you have, a, you know, a project coming up, you would want and, you know, you've just got land, you want to bring Dixie in, you know, she's your girl, she's going to put her hard hat on, she's going to go out to the site. You know, I'm, I'm, my heels and stuff don't really work in construction sites too much. I do do remodels. I, I'm not going to say I don't. Um, but where my passion is, is I wait for those walls to get built, and then I like to add the layers. So I like to start with paint. I like to, you know, bring in the furnishings. Um, my superpower is um, making spaces look new with old furniture. And mm -hmm. so I grew up um, in a house with a lot of antiques, but nothing was precious. My grandmother was an antique dealer. I started thrifting and collecting at 12 years old. I started collecting scarves, which you will see when, if you start hanging out with me. Um, I started collecting scarves at 12 years old. I connect to people's things and people's stories. So a lot of my clients tend to be um, midlifers, early empty nesters and boomers because they already have acquired quality pieces either through purchasing or inheriting. And I love that stuff. I love to start right with people's stuff. I love stuff with a story. Um, and I come in and I help them tell their story in their home. And I just bring in the pieces. I work, start working with their, um, their floor plans. I make sure the traffic flows good. I'm, I make sure that actually these pieces get celebrated and not like, Oh, this is grandma. His grandma's, um, you know what I mean? No, 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 no. We're going to, we're going to, you know, make it look good. We're going to make it fit your space. Um, well, and actually that's one of the things I love about you is that you're not telling people get rid of grandma's, whatever you're saying, let's bring it in. Let's make it yours and incorporate it and celebrate it instead of, Absolutely. And I will never, I always say, I will never come in and say, no, darling, that's got to go to the curb. I haven't had it happen yet. I mean, I have been so lucky. I don't know if it's the people that I attract or what, but there's, you know, we'll, we'll get into that later. But um, 
I, I always have people with these just great stuff, these great quality pieces and these great collections that need to be more edited than anything. And then what I will do is I will bring in some new stuff, but just to make it feel cohesive and make it look like a designer has been in this space, but they, and they tend to look very global, um, very collected. And I don't mean global in that, like I, I just walked into Pier One. I mean global as in a lot of my clients are very well traveled and they bring, you know, they have something from this trip and something from that trip and they grew up here. And, and so there's always, it's just the people that I attract. And so, um, that's, that's what I do. I really stand in that space. Um, so, you know, if you are thinking about being a designer, don't compare yourself to someone else because you have to really own your lane and stay in your lane. Because if you try to get, if I tried to jump in Dixie's lane, I'd be a hot mess. I don't even know what that house would look like, you know? And so, um, and it's like Dixie, if she doesn't like doing bookshelves, you know, it's not that she can't do them, but then she's just right. not enjoying her day-to-day. -day no, it's just not fun for me. And, and, you know, you do bookshelves and I do remodels. Mm -hmm. and I do, I have done guts, but it's exactly. not, you know, it's not where our passion lies. We can do it. But in the, per we talk about in our perfect world, we would do it. You know, I would start my, my projects when the, when the walls yep. are up. And it's, it's kind of funny that, a lot of people think that there's only one way to be a designer. They don't realize that there's like this whole spectrum. Um, there's also all kinds of different ways to get started. So for me, I was actually in engineering school and decided it was not for me. Um, quite frankly, it was boring. So boring. <laughs> Sorry, engineers. We love you. Well, yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, this is so weird. So I have, of course, like most people have two dads, my, you know, my dad and then my stepfather and my father was an architect and my stepdad was an engineer. Now, how weird hmm. is that? So that's why we're besties. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But, um, I just made a weird mouth noise because I took a sip of water. <laughs> so probably poor, our poor uh, audio. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Newbie podcasters. Yes. But that's okay because, you know, everybody has to be a newbie at something at some point. Which reminds me of what I was saying. Oh. So I got my start in engineering school and decided that that wasn't for me. And I thought about becoming an architect. It was really my second choice. and. Um, at the time, we were stationed in Hawaii. My husband's retired Air Force. And the University of Hawaii had a program where you couldn't just get a bachelor's degree in architecture. So I knew that that was not going to be an option for me because we moved so much. I wasn't going to be able to stay there long enough to finish their PhD program. Oh, so yeah. I looked at my other options and realized that interior design has a lot of the same elements as architecture does, it's, it's not just the people on trading spaces who put moss on walls. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a lot more to it than that. And that was how I got my start. I got my degree. I started work at an ar architecture firm. I got my NCIDQ certification. So I am the 
very rigid, linear, educated version, but that's not everybody is. There are also people who get their start in all kinds of different ways. Like yeah, my dear Rachel. Yes, I do not have alphabet soup behind my name or my <laughs> title, like Dixie does. Are you ASID, NCID? How many letters do you have behind your name? Just NCIDQ. And I hope this doesn't offend the ASID ladies out there and gentlemen, but I'm not a fan of them. So. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, I got my start in fashion. I always say I was a fashionista before I was a decorista. And so um, I've been a creative, working in creative. Uh, industries for over 25 years, probably closer to 30, but we'll just skip that. Um, and yeah, so I started in visual merchandising. I was a photo stylist um, for fashion sets. It's actually how I met my husband on the set of a photo shoot. Ooh. I know, right? We were really cute back in our 20s, let me tell you. Oh, um, I've seen you both. You're both cute. <laughs> Still now. Still. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I opened, my son was born, and uh, I saw, a, I'm one of those people, whenever I see something missing in the market, I don't just like try to find it. I actually open it, so, or start something, or start a business, which is like not the smartest way to be, but it's just, I guess it's the entrepreneurial spirit in me. Um, I opened a, a clothing boutique called Posies when my son was born because I couldn't find anything cute for a boy. Now it's completely different, but this was back in 2000 and I just couldn't find anything. It was, it was not a great market. And um, so I did a lot of vintage inspired 1940s inspired, brought a lot of 1940s inspired prints um, and just started doing nurseries and had a line of clothing and um, nursery, nursery wares, bedding, and all that stuff. Um, and then the moms, I was in this really shishi um, sort of community called La Jolla, which is on the, on the beach uh, here in San Diego. And the moms kept me busy because they didn't work. And it was like we would finish the nursery and then literally like two weeks later, they'd be like, okay, let's do a big boy room now. And then, you know, they were just keeping busy. And so, um, that went into, well, do you do a home office and can you do this? And can you do that? And so then I started getting into the adult spaces and I was like, my, as my son was growing, I was like, this is funner. Like I like this. And so I sold my boutique and that's when I started working for Ethan Allen. And I actually worked for Ethan Allen too. Yes. Fairly recently. So it's, it's another, it's another link that we have in common. That's another one of the things that made us have mm -hmm. our spectate. So I've worked for a couple of different um, companies in the furniture industry and um, I got a interior redesign and home staging certification back in 2005 and so I can't believe how, how quickly time passes, but um, that's how I got my start in the fashion industry. And it was a very, very organic, um, what do you call it? Like transition or evolution, evolution mm -hmm. into being an interior designer. So our, I, I guess here in California, I'm a decorator. Well, anywhere else just about in the country, you can call yourself a designer. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Lawsuits have been filed. <laughs> you can call me anything you want, you know? 
What's that song? You can call me Betty. I can call you Al. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm, everybody should know right now, I get random songs stuck in my head at the weirdest moments. So I apologize now. <laughs> I'm a little strange. So that was my start. Um, and funnily, I had a little detour in life. I, I had a divorce and I thought, you know, it's 2008. This is a great time to get into banking during a financial crisis. Wrong. Of course. Um, that's <laughs> natural. Yeah. So um, anyways, I spent eight years in the, in the finance um, industry, servicing high net worth individuals and businesses and private banking. And, you know, it was, there are no coincidences. There are no accidents. It was probably the best thing I could have done because I'm such a purely creative person that I really sort of needed that more of that business side. And when you work in private banking, I got to see how the bigs did it. You know, I saw, I see how they move their money, how they open accounts, how they, you know, uh, how they, entered into these ventures. And, um, I would say it was the best business decision I never made, you know, <laughs> it just happened. And so, um, you know, when we're working with our clients, we're working with large amounts of money, the bigger the project, the more money, obviously. But I mean, even a room project, you can be working with 10,000, at least five figures, right? People Absolutely. And I always let my clients know, you know, I was a banker and my spreadsheets are so on point. I mean, you can ask me at any time to the penny, what, what's going on with your money. And I'm going to let you know. And I have no problem with that. I'm, I'm, that is probably the best part before I didn't have the confidence in tracking that stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I was really, I wasn't bad at it, but it wasn't as natural as it is now. And I think husbands really appreciate that. When you oh, work with couples, absolutely. The husband, they're always get, they're always trying to give you trouble in some ways. Yes. That's that's a note to newbies. Being able to cut to the financial chase with them helps considerably because they have these yeah. visions that their wives are just spinning out. Spending everything. Yeah, everything out of the bank and then some, and they'll never ever ever be able to recover, which is. We and when you can reassure the husband that you will be a good steward of their mm -hmm. finances. And, uh, you know, I, when I say that, I'm not just saying it like I am, I, you know, I've had to have accounts where, you know, there's millions of dollars and if there's a penny off, I don't find that penny, you yep. know, because the more money people have, I feel like the more, uh, their, their eyeballs are on it a lot more, you know, it's so funny. The less they have, people are a little willy nilly with it, you know, so <laughs> it's really funny. But, um, so yeah, I, you know, and, um, that's what, that's what makes me, me. I, I, when I jumped back into design, I sort of tried to bury that fact a little bit, you know, like, Oh, who's going to hire a banker to be, a, you know, their designer. But now it's what separates me. Absolutely. Somebody knows that, you know, I can run a project, you know, like I did in corporate, you know, somebody that's been in corporate runs things differently than someone that's never run a high level, you know, project. Um, so that's stuff that I bring to the table and I, I put it right out there now. So if you're side hustling and you're in a nine to five, 
your dream's not going to die. I can tell you that now. If you have a dream to be a designer, that, that, that dream's not going to go away. So find some way to do it. <laughs> but take whatever you can and thread what you're doing now and bring it into, into the design. It, it's, it, nothing is wasted. No experience. Absolutely. Well, and I'm the, I think I mentioned, I'm the one who likes to be educated on everything. I actually went back and worked towards a business degree. So in addition to everything else, I have, I have three quarters of an engineering degree and three quarters of a BBA. So, oh my gosh. I'm such a nerd. I am such a nerd that, so for me going away from the architecture firm and working at furniture stores where you get have, it's all about the fabric and the fluffy stuff that for me and accessorizing bookcases all day long, that was important to me because it filled in the gaps that I didn't have or that, you know, that I had. So it's kind of funny to me the way we're both on opposite ends the yin and yang, I guess, of everything. We are, we're the yin and yang of design. Absolutely. Just saying. I, absolutely seems to be my favorite word today. <laughs> I agree with you. Absolutely. Is it yin and yang or yin and yang? I have no idea. If, if anybody knows, please let us know. Oh, I, I have a feeling it's yin and yang. I don't know. Probably It's probably because basically anything I say is not going to be said, pronounced in the appropriate way anyway, so. Well, I can't believe it, but we have been on here for quite a while now, and we should probably wrap up this episode. Rachel, I am having so much fun. Me too. I am so. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on Design and Style. We'll see you next time. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye.